Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, uh, my guest today is a multi seven figure business strategist who helps entrepreneurs scale their business using passive and semi passive income. She is a passionate anti bullying campaigner and a huge believer that anyone can become a success no matter their background. Please welcome to the show, Lisa Johnson. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. It's been a great pleasure to have you here. I saw you speaking a few weeks ago and I was kind of taken aback about. Uh, the way that you come across and the way you talk about relationships and the significance of those. And it was just massive kind of coup for me to get you on the show. And I'm really pleased that you're here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I did a little brief introduction to you there, but if you would like to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, sure. So um, I've been in business now about four and a half years. Um, started because I needed, <clears throat> needed a way to uh, have more of a life with my kids and have more of a relationship with my kids. And at the time I was working all hours and so, you know, couldn't work any more hours and see my children anymore. I've got nine-year-old twins. And so I, um, I started a business and didn't really know how it was going to go. And it went very well. Um, but in the first year of that business, I burnt out quite massively I was doing okay you know I was making like 220,000 in the first year and so people were saying I was successful but I wasn't feeling successful because I was so knackered mm. um, from continuously working and so I looked for another way of doing things and found out all about passive income streams started adding them into my business and by the time the second year rolled around I was working you know 30 hours a month rather than 80 hours a week and um was making over a million and now in the three years since then um we've got to the kind of four million a year mark um and my whole life completely changed and and you know the people I've met along the way have been amazing and and helped me and I you know this online world that I'm in is so completely different to the world I was in five years ago I can't tell you and it's been a massive learning curve along the way but now I help other people to make passive income streams whether it's you know memberships or courses or affiliate marketing or whatever Mm. um, so that they can have better relationships with their families um, and friends rather than just working all the time. Yeah I think that's a significant thing that I picked up from your from your talk really I mean you talked about how you come from a corporate background. Again, you were working all the hours you possibly could in order to kind of make the figures that you were making. But like you said, you were missing out on that time watching your children grow up. And then you decided, you know, I don't want to do this. I want to go off and be an entrepreneur. You started your own business and then but ended up doing exactly the same thing, but doing it for yourself rather than someone else. And your driver to, to create a better life for yourself was to create a better relationship with your with your family yeah because like I I thought I was doing really well in corporate because I come from like a council house background and so I'd clawed my way up 
thinking, you know, I've done really well from going from an office junior to working in investment banking in corporate and feeling like I'd done okay, but I didn't really have very good relationships because I was working so much of the time. Um, I'd been through two marriages um, because my career was so important to me. And it was only, you know, I, I then was in a third marriage and realized that I didn't want to keep making the same mistakes over and over again by not prioritizing the people around me and especially my kids. Um, I wanted to make sure that actually while they were young, they got the best of me. And I couldn't do that working in corporate. I knew that I would you know, never see them. They were five months old when I went back to work after maternity leave into yeah. Canary Wharf, where yeah. I used to leave the house at six o'clock in the morning and get home at 11 o'clock at night. And I never saw them. Yeah. And, you know, I was going through a divorce at the time with my second husband. Like, God, I'm going to be a single parent and they're not going to see even me. And so I knew something had to change. And so it was like, right, I need to, I need to do something else. And so my actual decision was to go and work somewhere near my house, you know, just an easy nine to five where I could still see them in lunch hours and that kind of thing. And the only jobs going near my house were like office junior jobs that I started with 15, 20 years before. And yeah. so I went and got one of those because that was more important to me than to have that, um, to have that big money, you know, I was earning probably 60,000 in corporate mm. a year. And that changed everything because once I did that, I got bored in that job. Like, you know, I was playing on the internet most of the day. Yeah. And so I was like, right, what can I do instead? And although I didn't know anybody that had a business, I thought, well, some people do. So I need to start something. And my first business was actually wedding planning. I thought, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to become a wedding planner. I can do that on the side. And so I started that and realized I, I was quite good at it. And within a couple of years, I'd made a bit of money from it, enough to pay off the £30,000 debt I had. Yeah. Um, but realized that I'd made a big mistake because what I'd done is made sure that I didn't even see them at weekends now either because I was working on weddings the whole time. Yeah. And so knew I had to start something else. But by then, at least I knew that I could start a business. And sometimes it's that first one that gets you over the realization that actually anyone can. Yeah, and you're making it making quite a, a big success of that. Like, yeah, I think you under kind of sold yourself a little bit there on what you actually turned that business into. Oh well, thanks. <laughs> it, I mean, it did okay. It took probably about two or three years to get it where I wanted it to be, mm. which was, you know, a, a well-known urban wedding planning company, and yeah. we were earning we weren't earning tons of money. I think we were earning a um, hundred grand mm. a year, which was you know as good as you can get in wedding planning world because yeah. there's only so much money that you make in it mm -hmm. but um compared to obviously now but it was better than what I was earning in corporate and so yeah. for me that was a huge deal a massive success can like you said taking on your own business it took like you said it took you a while to get there but you know the many how many years did you work in corporate to get to 60,000 exactly. like 15 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again that says the significance there is the is how now you've brought your business on and the main driver behind you actually getting your business to where you are now. The, the original idea was I need to spend more time with my family. Yeah, my, my driver still now is freedom to spend mm. more time with them. Um, you know, every time we make more money, people go, oh, you make more money because you want a bigger house and all these things. I really don't care about any of that. Mm. What I care about is travelling around the world with my kids, spending time with them. Yeah. That's my driver and with my with my now husband. Um, 
and you know that I think we get one life and think it's very short Mm. and so we need to make sure that we're spending it doing the things we really want to do and yes money gives you that and so I I need a way to make lots of money which I have but actually the time is the thing that runs out not the money yeah, I think that's an important thing for people to your your why. Now, and I talk a lot about this when I you know do, do my own coaching and talk to people, and I was just discussing this on a talk show thing I did yesterday about importance of your why. You have been able to make a massive success of your business, but your why has been with full of intention around your family, and yeah. I think you know that's an amazing thing for people to recognise if they're trying to push their business forward they're trying to make a decent living out of something is to understand what their why is your intention was i want to make a success of this because i want this with my family not because i want lots of money not because i want the cars and the houses no i didn't care about any of that and i think your why can change and my why in the early days like when i was in corporate trying to make it there my why was different um i was bullied badly when i was younger and my why was to prove everyone wrong type thing, you know, and that was, that negativity was a massive driver for me, you know, having adversity. I think that adversity can fuel your success if you, if you kind of work it in, in a, in a good way. Mm -hmm. And so that got me quite far. And even, you know, when I first started in this coaching world online, I was bullied online really badly in the first year by other coaches in the UK and who told me that I they would make sure I never worked in this industry again and that I would disappear within the first year. I was making too much money for them in the first okay. year and, and it, wow. it didn't go down well. Yeah. And um, that became my why for a while as well. You know, like, okay, you've told me I can't do something. I will show you. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that's why I got to multi-millions so quickly. But then the why changes because eventually you stop caring about what other people think. You start realizing that actually it's nonsense and who cares. Um, And then it becomes about something bigger. And my bigger has always been freedom for family. Yeah. And that's an amazing kind of outcome for you to come to. But I think it's like you said, it's important that people recognize that they can turn that adversity into something positive. That if someone's telling you, you can't do something, if you can then use that energy to, you know, prove to yourself as much as anybody else that you can do that. Because I guess if people are able to get under your skin a little bit at that time, was there self-doubt within you? Massively, yeah. I was so, you know, I was the, the least confident person I knew growing up anyway because of the bullying. So when I started a business and had bullying online, mm. then immediately that brings everything back from when I was younger. And so you know for me it was like to a normal person who hadn't had bullying I think or adversity when they were younger if you get bullied online you kind of you don't really care you you know oh there's a few trolls or there's a few competitors who don't like you and they're writing things about you on Facebook or whatever and you're like you're whatever and you move on but for me it just brought everything back and it felt like a massive deal Mm -hmm. and so I nearly quit because of it I was like god do I want to be in this industry it's pretty cutthroat you know it can be really harsh um but then I thought well actually the only way to change it is from the inside yeah you know to to make a success of yourself and show others it can be done in a different way and you don't have to be ruthless and you can have this freedom to travel with your family without needing to be putting anyone else down um Mm. you can do it just by being you and being good at something yeah uh, and coming from the background that you did come from and the bullying at school, which I'd like to come back to and talk a bit more about your anti-bullying campaigning. Um, what was the support like from your family as you were growing up? You said you were quite quiet and shy and 
uh, you know, to, to kind of push yourself into the corporate world in the first place and to want to make success. Did you have the support from your your own family or did you kind of that something that came from within you? It came from within. So I came from a family that was a bit broken. Um, my mum had left when I was 11. And so my single father brought us up and he worked all the hours. So had like three jobs, making sure that the, that me and my sister had clothes and food, which was like it, the basics. Yeah. Um, but I got a scholarship when I was 11 years old to a private school. And um, in that private school, I was seen very quickly from almost day one as the poor girl because they were all rich. Um, and so when people were being picked up on their amazing, you know, like Bentleys and things, I was being picked up on the back of my dad's Honda motorbike, um, <laughs> which would be cool now, wouldn't it? But it wasn't then. <laughs> um, and so for a long time, I was bullied because of being poor. Yeah. And so when I got to, you know, when I got to, like, when I was older, um, I wanted to fit in, I suppose, and still couldn't fit in, still never felt like I really fit in properly. Mm. And then I realised that the way to do things um, was to just be completely me and not worry about that mm. and you know just do something that I loved doing um without worrying about what people think and I think that's hard because you yeah. we do worry about what people think all the time like I was shy as a youngster but I, I think it was the shyness came from people just being mean to me because I was poor and yeah. so I went more and more and more introverted and I didn't really have family that could support because they were so busy worrying about like their own things like how to put food on the table that there was no way I was going to be putting added pressure onto yeah. that yeah. and so I think it came from within um, this desire to be successful in some way but I think it also came from a desire to get out of a bad situation. Um, I think a lot of people who do really well really quickly is because they know what it's like to be in a situation they don't want to be in mm. and you know if you have something that is your driver for instance I knew I didn't want to have my kids in the same situation where you know that we they got made fun of yeah. because you know they didn't have any money or because they couldn't wear nice things or that kind of thing mm. um, and so I made sure you know, that driver was, well, I'll make sure they're not in that position by making a ton of money. Right. <laughs> and so I think there's always something that drives you. But I think when you're in, like, for instance, I have clients where some people have very rich husbands and they're like, yeah, I want to make seven figures. And they have these very rich husbands and there's no real need. And so unless you've got something that's a real need, I think it can be really hard. Whereas I have single parents that come to me and they're like, I'm on the breadline. I can't feed my kids. I need to make money. They find a way. Yeah. And they're the ones that make the seven figures because yeah. they find a way. They need to. It's a yeah. need rather than a nice to have. And mine was. Yeah, I think they like there's uh like there's no no tension there, is there? There's no stress. There's no real kind of get up and drive to to make that success if they're just doing it because they just want a little side thing going Clearly. but have have all the comforts on the other side which means there's no real pressure to to pressure. achieve that yeah I don't even think it's just um about the pressure of it I think that 
if when you're in a situation where you have to put skin in the game and you you have you have to do some hard things and when you have a business we all know it's not easy you have to do some hard things some things that are going to make you feel pretty uncomfortable sometimes yeah. you know you're going to be pitching to people you're going to be online talking to people you're going to be doing lives all of these things that people don't yeah. really want to do mm-hmm. if you don't have a compelling reason to mm-hmm. get uncomfortable why would you you're yeah. going to go oh well I tried it didn't work let's stop now um instead of like pushing through and I think that having adversity um with the people that I see that make it it's because when they get to that obstacle in business they don't go oh well I tried they find a way to push through it because their whole life they've had to find ways to push mm. through things um and that's why they make it did you, did you do a lot of kind of self-reflection and stuff because I know that I had I was one of those people that would give up really quickly uh, I was a massive self-sabotage and no matter what success I had in my life I didn't have the self-belief to push through when I got a you know, one or two knockbacks and I, I, you know, oh, this doesn't clearly doesn't work. I'm not good enough and all that kind of self-talk that I used to have. Um, did you have the opposite of that? It feels like in some way that, you know, you had enough drive within you, enough belief within you to say, actually, I can do this. I can make a success of this. I have the urge. I have the kind of the motivation to get this done. I didn't have at the beginning. So I had no self-belief in myself. So when I was, I must have been 21, had just come, had just got a divorce from my first husband, who was a lot older than me. And that was a, a really bad situation that I'd been in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a job and I got sacked from that job because um, people who were there thought me to be kind of awkward because I was I was terrified of people and so I I didn't raise my head you know I was terrified and so um people were like saying oh you shouldn't be here and you're weird and all of these kind of things and so Mm. I got sacked and I went home that night and I was very young like 21 um to a bed sit that I was living in and realized I didn't want to be there because I'd had bullying from this from the age of 11 through a marriage through my first job Mm. and just thought god is this what it's always going to be like like i had no self-belief in myself i'd heard people tell me i was nothing for years and that i would never make anything of myself and that i was poor and that i was ugly and all of these different things and had i think you get to a point where you start to believe it and so i decided that day that i wasn't going to be here anymore and took a load of pills took a bottle and just thought this is going to be easier and then while there I just had this tiny little thought which was what if everyone's wrong and you're never going to find out that you could have been something what if they were wrong Mm. and so I decided at that second I will give myself a test and I will do one thing and if that thing if I can prove to myself that I can do something hard then that means they're wrong because they're telling me I can do nothing if they're right and I can't do it I will allow myself to go without feeling guilt of what I was doing to like my family. And so um, then I was like, okay, what can I do? Well, I'd left school at 16 with barely any qualifications. Mm. So I was like, well, what can I do to prove something hard? So I thought I'll do a degree while working full time as an office junior, which is what I was at the time. I will try and do a degree. And 
I said, what's the hardest degree that I can do? And I looked it up and on a website, it said it was medicine or law. And I had no interest in medicine. So I was like, okay, let's go with law. And so for four years, I went to work in the day, went home at night and studied um, every single night. I had to do three hours and made myself do three hours. I didn't have friends, didn't go to the pub, I didn't do any of those things. Yeah. And I was one mark away from a first at the end of it. And so that proved to me mm. that if I just put my head down, I can actually do anything and that people are wrong um, and that I didn't have to listen to what people said. Um, and everything changed from that day because then I was like, well, if I can do that, maybe I don't have to be an office junior. Yeah. Maybe I can go and be something else. Like, And I wanted to work in investment banking. And so mm -hmm. I thought, well, maybe I can climb that ladder instead. And I started to have a self-belief in me because I tested it. Yeah. And so that self-belief was definitely not there at the beginning. And even up until the age of probably 30, 35, I was, if I saw a gang of women on a road, I would cross the road because I was terrified. And now I stand in front of a thousand women on a yeah. stage on, you know easily yeah. um, but it took time mm, definitely and again it's, it's amazing for people to sort of take some heart from that and to take some encouragement and some hopefully some motivation from that is it's interesting as well because you know you got a scholarship to that school in the first place so I imagine you had a lot going for you to be able I to get a scholarship but maybe you you must have lost sight of that yeah. because of all the all the bullying and, the, and everything that you then went through after you went to that school negative voices are always louder than positive so even though my dad would be saying you're really intelligent you wouldn't have got in there if you weren't intelligent because I was failing everything yeah. because I was so distracted at school by people just on a constant daily basis yeah. bullying that I didn't want to turn up and so I used to skip school and all sorts of things so that I didn't have to be there so when it came to GCSEs time I hadn't been to school for the year before that because I didn't want to be there yeah yeah and that I, made me think I was stupid but it wasn't I just didn't have the opportunity to excel no and I guess again that shows the significance of the relationships because the relationships you then had didn't nurture your talent didn't nurture your intelligence actually they tried to to put you down and and, and make make you believe that you weren't worth anything absolutely and I can't tell you the difference when you have people around you that do lift you up and do mm. tell you that you can do things um, you know, it's even through, if I think about like ma my second marriage, although it was a, a great marriage, he didn't really have the belief that I could start a business or, or do anything. Yeah. And I, you believe the people that you love. And whereas the husband I have now from day one was like, you could be a millionaire, you could do anything. How can you not see this? And so I did. Yeah. Because I think when you hear it from people that you trust and believe, mm -hmm. you're much more likely to do it. And that's why I think it's so important that you know, I talk about money a lot and I talk about what can be achieved a lot. And you can get a bit of stick for that online, okay. um, especially if you are a woman um, mm -hmm. talking about those things. But if I'd have had somebody that was a bit like me, came from the same kind of background as me that I could have looked up to and gone, well, she's done it. then I would have believed I could more. But I, there was nobody that was there doing that. So I want to make sure that there's somebody there now for people yeah. Do you think that made a difference between because you were you stayed with your dad rather than your mum? If you'd had that female influence, I mean, because your dad was telling you how great you were, but because maybe was it a male that that you weren't had something to do with why you weren't really taking that on board as well? Because you were getting a lot of bullying from women. If you'd had a strong female support, 
I think that would have, I think having a, a having female support definitely helps. I went through life because I think I didn't have that that sort of maternal figure right from the off. Mm-hmm. I went through life just scared of women. I just thought women were, were awful people and right. had really good connections with men. Like mm-hmm. my friends were men. Even in my first business, I employed men. I, I got on much better with men. Yeah. And if I'm honest with you, even in the online world, the people that have not been nice to me over the past four years and have told me, you know, I must be, I must be doing something out of integrity or who does she think she is? They're all women. Right, okay. Men don't seem to have that same uh, same thing, and and I, I don't really know why. I think it, women are taught from a very early age: you are in competition, you are in com- competition for the grades, you are in competition with the scholarships, you are in competition for the men, you are in competition always. And I think that's hard to shake for people. And mm-hmm. so, when you're then in an online industry where you could do so much good if you collaborate. Yeah, you can do amazing things if you lift each other with you as women. Mm. Um, I think that the, those that do that can become successful really quickly. Like I've always tried to do that. I don't believe I'm successful unless I'm bringing others with me. Um, whereas for some people, it's about I'll get where I want to be if I knock down the competition. And I really don't believe that that should be a thing. No, I think that's a very a significant point that you make your history maybe of your female relationships the bullying that then that you struggled um and we, we i mean i talk a lot about what we attract in our lives with relationships um and it's interesting that there has been a pattern to that isn't there with the people that seem to want to give you a hard time seem to follow the beliefs that you also have created around women for yourself Yeah. And I think we can put ourselves in that position. So I went on to have trauma coaching over the past few years Mm -hmm. to see why this pattern was happening, why I was attracting in bullies who were female. Yeah. Um, And it's because our subconscious mind will always put us in a position that it is familiar with. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, that uh, it will put us in a place where we feel almost comfortable with. And I was so comfortable being in a position of being bullied because that is what I'd been used to for such a long period of time that I almost was the person that would seek out those positions. Like if there was somebody um, online that was more, so for instance, my first coach was a bully and anyone could see it. Like a normal person would have been able to see it and go, let's not go with that person. You know, she's very bullied, she stands on stage, she's really angry with people, she's very aggressive. I was massively attracted to working with her. Yeah, 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 um, sure. It's like my my default position is go for somebody who's who's going to bully you. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. She bullied right. me. Okay. Um, but it's kind of like I attracted in because I was just looking constantly to be in the same position. But since having trauma coaching, I really recognize the patterns mm-hmm. and have undone a lot of that and um, have very different relationships over the past few years in my life than I used to and massively supportive women around me all the time um, who are, who are just lovely people. And that's because I'm attracting a different type of person in because I can now see what I was doing before. Yeah. That's amazing for people to take, take, take note of that, that, uh, you know, you recognize your patterns, you recognize that maybe the things you'd experienced in the past were leading you to recreate those experiences for yourself over and over again. Um, and it was when you then looked at yourself to understand what it was that you were doing that was maybe was attracting that stuff in 
that how your mind was trying to keep you in that comfort space that allowed you to say to talk a break that pattern and let go it was hugely like that and and even you know I was doing other things so if somebody was to say something bad about me online a person that doesn't attract this kind of thing and can ignore it I felt like I had to defend constantly defend and that just makes everything worse yes and it was a war and you can't have a war with only one person in it so I had to learn to walk away yeah yeah just thank them for their comment and uh (laughs) your feedback is valuable thank you very much (laughs) exactly that block (laughs) yeah I've got very used to doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Um, so again, f- a few things there for people to kind of really kind of think about is, you know, not only is that you're able to recognize your patterns and also break those yourself to think about their understanding of when you talked about that point in your life where you actually weren't sure if you wanted to be here anymore and you needed to test reality you know, what your beliefs and what reality actually are can be completely different things. But, you know, you've been led to believe for such a long time that you weren't worth very much, that that had actually become part of your own subconscious and your own belief system. Yeah, the narrative in my head was that that was true. And I think that that really shows like the neural pathways in your head that we create ourselves. Mm. You say something to yourself or if somebody else says it to you enough, you de- it becomes reality it becomes part of who you are mm. because you believe it enough that the actions you take agree with it and you're in a circle then of constantly trying to get out of something you'll never be able to unless you change the belief yeah yeah definitely so again that's important for people that may be in that similar situation i will put some uh, uh lines some contact lines at the end here for any suicide prevention stuff but but for people to recognize actually that they, you know, they can prove themselves wrong and to change their lives if they just put a different thing to the test to show them they are worth something and they can achieve. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're anti-bullying. I mean, again, another, another really important message. So tell me a little bit about the kind of work you do around that. Well, I think that because of what happened to me, I had assumed that in the adult world, Um, especially in the online world that doesn't happen and that you know that was all behind me and because it reared up so quickly in the first year and I see it even now constantly people bullying others online um, not just children but adults too it made me realize that much more needs to be done Mm. and I was about to start my own foundation to help people not just those who were being bullied but the bullies because hurt people hurt people Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it becomes a pattern. Um, and if you can start to see, even as a bullied person, if you can start to see why someone might be bullying you, it takes a lot of the, the hurt and the anger out because you know that they must be hurt too. Yeah. And I needed to start educating people around this. But then I was on stage about four years ago um, talking about this need. And in the audience were some people from a brilliant uh, charity called Bullies Out right. from Wales. And they came up to me and told me about the work they were doing. And I realized that they already had the charity that I wanted to start. And so instead I became an ambassador and I now raise money for them and raise awareness of what happens for them by doing things like having inspiration days for my clients to learn more about what they can do to prevent 
and how it affects people um, mm. and to raise money so that we can educate more people on this. That's amazing. That's amazing. And again, we'll put some details for bullies out in the links on the page on yeah, the podcast. Um, so you uh, you mentioned that the the kind of relationship that you had with your kids was 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 suffering because of the fact that you weren't weren't there. Do you do you, do you understand maybe what impact that had and how you've been kind of able to turn that around? Yeah, I think just in small ways, we think that kids don't pick up things. But if mm. I went to the park with the kids when I was in that first year of my business and was just trying to get everything off the ground and was just shattered, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be present. Yes, I would be there, yeah. but I would have my phone under the table just getting rid of two more emails, just doing one more thing rather than just being there and playing with them. And we think a lot of the time that kids want things, they want stuff. They don't. They just want our attention. That's yeah. all they want. Yeah. And so um, what happened was in that first year of of my consultancy business yes I was doing really well and people were telling me how successful I was I was speaking on stages around the world I was doing amazing things but in the first the the kids went to a new school we moved house and the kids went to a new school and in that very first week I forgot to pick them up from school Right. I got a phone call saying are you picking up your kids and I was like oh my god like I was so engrossed in doing the work that I had to get done because it seemed to be never ending Mm -hmm. that I forgot to pick them up and there's no guilt like that kind of guilt Uh, and when to pick them up they were not happy with me (laughs) and (laughs) yeah and so it was that day that I was like okay something has to change this can't be the same because my relationships with them is more important me being present with them is more important than any kind of money I make and so that's when I started to look at other options like rather than doing one-to-one work what other options are out there and Mm -hmm. realize there there are different business models you don't have to follow the same pattern as every single other person out there Um, and found a business model that completely changed my life and meant that I could spend you know, I only work two or three hours now a day. And yeah. so my hours are spent with them. All right. And, and again, that's the, the techniques and stuff you now work on with your clients. Yeah. And and my kids have their own business. They're nine and they have a, a business, the Reading <laughs> Adventure Club, where they send out subscription boxes to kids. And right. you know, by because sometimes I'm busy, like when I'm doing a launch, we did a 2.5 million launch and we were busy for a week, really yeah. busy yeah and they were like why are you busy all the time why can't you spend time with us and so I was like I need to teach you why and so I said why don't we start a business with you and they're all for it and now they're realizing that actually it takes time and they have to show up and all of these kind of things and so when I'm launching now they're like yeah we get it okay we'll leave you alone for a week (laughs) (laughs) a very important lesson and again I've, I've, I've spoken to people I mean I had Nick James on the show a couple of weeks ago and he was saying the significance and he it's actually one of his personal kind of rants that he had and uh, was very passionate about this, about how kids need to learn about entrepreneurism and about business and about kind of self-care and all that kind of stuff that we don't get taught in the school system and how real, really significant that is to being able to kind of choose the life that you want to live as you move forward rather than the one that we are led towards through the system that we've got at the moment. It's um, so important. I had no idea, like no idea about entrepreneurship until I was 40. Like mm. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. Very similar. I didn't start my <laughs> first business. I started my first business when I was about 
37, 38, but it was it was a counselling business. So it wasn't really, it was an entrepreneur, I, as a, I guess, but it was only really because there was a need there. I, there was no jobs. So when I was in the fire service, I was a firefighter and I trained to be a therapist. And I thought, how am I going to get a job as a therapist? There are no jobs. Oh, I'll tell you what, why don't I just start my own business? Yeah. <laughs> and didn't realise how easy it could be to, to do that. And while I was trying to build that business up, I was still working as a firefighter. And then I worked in the NHS as a therapist until I was in the position to say, actually, yeah, now I'm, I'm ready to go out on my own. And that wasn't until I was 45. So it took me a few years from there but it is something if I'd have known many years ago um but it's interesting what you say about the influence of people around you my dad I mean I've been doing this now for 15 years or so my dad still asks me when I'm going to get a job (laughs) my dad I play on the internet for money (laughs) (laughs) which I kind of (laughs) do and I guess with all those e-gaming stuff competitions how people actually do do that and winning millions of pounds it's funny how people see people who are not in the kind of online world that you're in see what you do like I was in so many things like Forbes and loads of different newspapers loads of different podcasts all of these different things and still my dad was like yeah but it's you know like it's not a real business and then I was in the Guardian and it was like oh do you have a business and it's like I've had a business the whole time just needed that affirmation that confirmation <laughs> yeah. that he believed in which is kind of what we were touching on exactly earlier on there was the evidence that was required for him in order to believe in you, uh, and what you were doing um so you know tell me a little bit you do you mentioned at the beginning how you help people with your with their business can you tell me a little bit more about the strategies and stuff that you use yeah, I realized that when I was adding in all these different passive income streams into my business, that I was doing it the same way over and over again. Mm. And I started saying to a few of my clients who were saying that they were knackered, you know, like, I'm, I'm knackered, I'm doing okay, but I'm knackered. I was like, well, can I give you a different way? Can I see if we can teach you the way that I've done it? And started teaching them the same way. And they started making money. And two of my clients made over a million. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, okay, this works. And mm-hmm. so I trademarked a system called the cash system, which is like just five steps that you need to take if you're going from literally nowhere to making passive income streams like memberships and courses, group programs in the main. Yeah. Um, and that cash system is basically if we go through it, like the C is client. So it's just like you have to know your ideal client for any business, for your passive income stream, whatever it's going to be. And it may be a completely different thing that you decide to do as your passive income stream, as your membership or course. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to know that client. Rather than thinking, do I want a membership? Do I want to do affiliate marketing? You need to think, who do I want to help? Yeah. And and know everything about them Mm -hmm. because they'll tell you what they want. Right. And then the A in the cash system is audience, like the biggest bit that people get wrong. You, they, they put something out there, but they haven't grown an audience. Mm-hmm. And there's no one to buy from you. So it's about growing an audience using funnels or, or however you want to do it, using um, whichever kind of social marketing or email lists you want to do in many different ways mm-hmm. and nurturing that audience to become a loyal audience so that they'll buy from you. Yeah. The first S, there's two S's in the cash system. And the first S is about the structure and the systems. You know, what tech do you need? What are you going to use? Um, Where are you going to host these things? And that used to put a lot of people off because it's like, ah, the tech. But now it's a bit more like front facing and and there are easier systems to use out there. So we teach a bit of that. 
And then the second S is selling, which just means launching. When you have an online business, you need to launch. Mm-hmm. You need to launch courses. You need to launch memberships. You need to launch whatever it is you're doing. And that bit takes six to 12 weeks to launch properly. And again, people get it wrong all the time because they watch others and don't see what goes on underneath. Mm-hmm. So when they launch, nobody buys and they think it's because they're membership idea isn't very good or their program isn't very good and it's not it's just because they don't know how to launch so we teach the launching aspect and then the h which is the most important one is happy you have to keep your clients happy because passive income isn't passive the first time you do it you're learning everything you're writing it so not passive it becomes passive the second third fourth fifth sixth time you're putting out the exact same program that's already been written and the marketing's already been done Mm -hmm. but you won't get to that point unless your clients are getting the results you promised them so so much of this business for me is about trying to teach people to have integrity in this online industry and that h encompasses all of that but once you've done those five steps life becomes much easier (laughs) definitely definitely now on your website you've got your uh, your values and stuff on there and you know i think if people want to go and have a look at those it just goes to show what kind of space you actually come from and like you said that integrity is massive when it works when it comes to running this online business and making sure that you are because we know there are plenty of people out there that will sell you something just because they want to take your money off you regardless of the results that you're going to get yep there uh, are. and people told me i wanted to do an affiliate launch last year in the middle of lockdown and people told me if you do this the way you want to because i really wanted to do it with integrity and i'd seen people doing affiliate launches and there was no integrity in them yeah. and i wanted to turn people away if they weren't the right fit and i wanted to tell people if you are thinking about doing this by getting into debt i'd rather you didn't do it mm-hmm. and i wanted to do all of that and people said you're not going to make any money if you do it that way and we did it anyway and the first one that we did made 1.7 million and then a few months later we did it again and made 2.5 million yeah and we did it all in integrity and i'm hoping that that proved to other people watching that you can still make a load of money and not screw anyone over and be able to sleep at night no i think that's that is an amazing i mean i've been in this industry as i said for quite a while now and the amount of seminars webinars everything that i've been to and and how people try and get you to buy um is is quite excruciating (laughs) at times you know the way they kind of create that atmosphere that you desperately need to to get this no matter what it costs you in order to get there in the first place but so it's amazing again that's another thing i really picked up from your talk is that integrity and the fact that you want people to be a success but you don't want them to cripple themselves in order to get there at the start and there are ways of doing that which means they don't have to to put themselves in that situation and they were the reality is if somebody is on the breadline using money to try to make money they'll never make money anyway because the mindset the money mindset that comes with that is of desperation we've all seen people who are trying to sell out of desperation it doesn't work um people can feel that energy a mile off it's so much better if they're coming into it not needing the money a hundred percent like right then to be able to eat like it's all maslow's hierarchy of needs isn't it like we need to be able to have the things we need first to feel comfortable before we trying you know make more money um but yeah there are ways of doing it and there are plenty of free ways to study business and to understand what you need to do to make that first bit of money without having to buy anything at all um 
And there is nothing that anyone will ever sell you that will mean, you know, that you'll learn something, some magic secret or formula that it just doesn't exist. Like you just need to get on with it. Yes, there are shortcuts and yes, we can teach you those. Yeah. Um, but the reality is you, you can make it on your own anyway without any kind of course from me or anybody else. Yeah, and I think that's the amazing thing about what you do and the things that I do is that you put up, I think you put up enough content for people to be able to take the initiative themselves and yeah. to try and work on the things they need to work. So if I know people want to create a healthy relationship for themselves, there is enough stuff that I've put out into the world if they say, okay, if I just read this and listened to this and did that, then I can create this for myself and I don't need to pay anybody any money in order to do that. I just need to have the motivation and the, the drive within myself to put this into place. And I think the stuff that you've got out there as well, people could take enough from that to kind of think about doing it themselves rather than the kind of the money and the years that you put into making this work. And the same with myself, they can take from us now everything that they need to just get themselves started. Yeah, it's why I love challenge launches. I often do challenge launches because I always think that during a challenge launch, there are so many people that can't afford to do the program, but they go away within, and then sometimes they come back the next year and they say, because of your challenge, I've made money. So now I'm going to come into the program. And then it's a win-win situation. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, thank you very, very much for everything you said today. Have you got some parting information, advice, um, input that you'd like to leave for the listeners before you tell us how people can get into contact with you? I think the biggest thing that I would love people to take away is that it really doesn't matter where you come from. And the relationships you've had in the past will not dictate who you are going to become and the relationships you will have in the future. We all get the chance to rewrite our entire story. And you can write your entire story whenever you like. You just decide that this is day one. And off you go. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, would you like to do your M&M impression for us? No. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to do it. I'm so taken off the website. <laughs> uh, so how can people get in touch with you, Lisa? Uh, the easiest way is just on my Instagram, at Lisa Johnson Strategist. Um, I'm usually hanging out on there. You'll be able to see behind the scenes of a multi-seven-figure business on my stories, which isn't as glamorous as you might think. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, go check it out. Great. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been wonderful having you. Um, as I said, we will put some details on uh, for anybody that might have struggled with the issues that Lisa's had in her own life around suicide, and we'll also put the details for Bullies out onto the show notes. Thank you very much for your time today. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and I hope to speak to you again. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.